Lords of Limited is proud to be brought to you in part by StarCityGames.com. Not only are they the home of the top content and coverage on the web, they're also the world's largest independent retailer for Magic the Gathering singles and supplies. For more information, visit StarCityGames.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Lords of Limited. My name is Ben Worney, and joining me on the line, fresh off of recording the first episode of our new podcast, the Magic Arena podcast, is Ethan Sachs. Ethan, what do you think of the Magic Arena podcast? How did it go? Did we crush it? I think we crushed it, of course. It's the map, Ben, that's going to show you the way. It really is. It's going to be awesome. So if you've not heard, if you missed our special announcement, we just started a new podcast that's going to be on Brew.com, a subscription-based podcast service for exclusive podcast content. And we're going to be talking all things Magic Arena. Our first episode was kind of like an intro to Magic the Gathering and Magic Arena to maybe try to pick up some listeners that don't play Magic. But moving forward, we are going to be doing content exclusively for people that, you know, have played the game and are, you know, wanting to get good at Magic Arena. So really hyped about that. We're going to be looking not only at breaking down bot drafts, looking at all the limited offerings on Arena, but we're going to be talking Constructed, Ben. The cool kids have constructed. We're going to be looking at best of three, best of one, some spicy brews on tap. We'll look at like all the sweet offerings, the announcements that Arena has every week. It's going to be all things Arena. If you are interested in playing on Magic Arena, this is going to be the podcast for you. Yeah, I'm really psyched to start recording that podcast regularly with you. Yeah, for sure. So all things limited here, Ben, we've wound down from the prep for GP Cleveland. We're back to drafts. No more sealed for us. What's going on with the trophy leaderboard? Yeah, I've done a modest amount of drafts. I've done one or two across all the all the different formats. So if we check in on MTGO, I'm now 48 drafts deep, uh, 99 and 41, 16 trophies, 71% win rate. I did one draft on there and I trophied. Yeah, I did four more drafts of RNA on Magic Online. So I'm up to 84, 161 to 84 with 20 trophies, got two trophies in those four drafts for a 66% win rate. And if we move over to Arena Best of One, I'm now 18 drafts deep, 67 and 30 record, 69% win rate, and seven trophies. Yeah, I didn't do any RNA Best of Ones. Uh, last week was Guilds of Ravnica, and I did dip my toe into that for a little bit, and it was okay. You know, I, I tried, I was mostly doing the spice, trying to do like five color gates. And how'd that work out for you? It was like varying degrees of success. It, they still didn't really seem to figure out how to program the bots effectively for Guilds of Ravnica, I don't think. Like, it just still felt like I was facing a lot of Demir decks, a lot of Boros decks. Couldn't draft an Izzet deck to save my life. Like, I never never felt like I faced Izzet. Just didn't feel like it was very balanced. Yeah, I moved over to best of three to play some more Ravnica Legions on Arena. I did a couple drafts. I finally finished out. I'd been sandbagging a draft from before they updated the bots because I played a gate mirror in round one that took 90 minutes, and I swore I wasn't going to play again until they updated Oof. the bots. So... Uh, I've now done two drafts. I finished that one off for a 5-1 and a trophy, and then I went 2-3 with an Orzhov deck. I will say it's hard for me to want to play best of three Ravnica Allegiance on Arena. Why is that? Five round, po potentially six rounds with the same deck? Oh my god, that's like worse than sealed. Uh, nah, I feel fine about it. Rivals of Ixalan is back on best of one ranked. So if you want to figure out how to draft that, if you, you know, didn't hear our like five-minute primer about it when it came on, I guess it was like a couple months ago. You can check out that. I also have my article up on Cardsphere uh, that came out a couple months ago as sort of like a, a quick Rick's primer. My few drafts so far, it doesn't really seem like there's much of a change from last time. You know, I still feel like the bots are slightly undervaluing for specifically uh, Secrets of the Golden City and Spirewinder, the like blue city's blessing cards. Feels like the bots don't quite get how good those are. They go pretty late. But yeah, I, I've been facing a lot of blue-red aggro pirate decks, and in best of one, that can be pretty volatile. Interesting. Yeah, I've drafted a couple. I drafted a sweet Esper deck with Profane Procession that trophied pretty easily. Mm -hmm. And then I, I have a sweet white-green Dinos deck right now that I haven't played any games with. I drafted that at the end of the stream last night. But my experiences back in Rick's the first time around were that black-white was pretty good and pretty forcible. That was what I did finally to get myself to Mythic in January. Yeah, I think, I mean, I guess I would just broaden that to Esper in general was like where I ended up all the time and where I found like the good players rendering up all the time. But yeah, I think black, white, especially quite forcible for sure. Yeah. And specifically vampires, like trying to go hard on the vampire synergy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's great in both rivals and in triple Ixalan. A nice thing this time around is the reward packs for that are Ixalan packs. So if you're trying to build your collection, because a lot of Ixalan cards are actually playable in 
constructed. If you're trying to build your collection, the Ixalan boosties are nice to crack open. Yeah, I saw that. That was sweet. All right, so this week, we've got our full 45 Ravnica Allegiance edition. We're going to be diving into all 45 picks of a draft, sort of talk you through what our thought process is. We're going to like dissect some picks, give you some ideas of what we're thinking about between packs, all that good stuff. But before we get into any of that, Ben, what do we got to talk about? The Patreon, baby. Patreon, baby. Patreon.com slash Lords of Limited is the place to go if you want to give back to the show. Obviously, the show is going to be free for sure. But if you want to give back, if you feel like we're helping you out, that's the place to go to show some love. And we're going to show you some love right back by giving you access to the Lords of Limited Discord, as well as some other perks for some higher tier rewards. All of that is available for you over on Patreon. One of the sweet things that we unlocked a few months ago, Ben, from our gracious patrons, was the ability to release monthly YouTube content for you fine folks out there. We've got our fourth installment of the Lords of Limited Showdown video series. What's going on in the Showdown series? You and I each join the same draft pod. And in this one, we were actually seated right next to each other, which was super sweet. You were passing mm-hmm. to me. We each record the draft from our own perspective. So I talk about my picks, you talk about your picks, and then we build our decks, and then we jam them together in the friendly leagues and see who comes out the victor in a best of three series. So you can see two decks drafted and play out the matches against each other and watch us sideboard, et cetera, et cetera. And we both commentate on the match while it's going on. Yeah, and you see both of our hands. So it's like full information. It's really like sort of like a, a coverage match. I think it's really sweet. Limited content out there. There's, you know, not only strategic talk, but also some trash talk in there for sure. And it was really interesting getting to watch the draft this time around, especially because we were right next to each other. So that's available over on our YouTube page. Uh, we posted that on our Patreon as well, posted on Twitter. It's out there for you if you want to find it. I think it's really sweet content. Back to the Patreon. Last thing we want to do to each of our new patrons is make sure we shout them out on the show. So we got some folks to welcome this week. We want to thank Ken, Evan, Peter, Tim, Felix, Vincent, Greg, Clayton, Scott, Kyoji, Brandon, Michael, and Jeffrey. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We really appreciate your support. Yeah, cannot say thank you enough. And I will say uh, regarding Patreon rewards, we are also inching ever closer to our next reward tier, which is Lords of Limited t-shirts, apparel, etc. So if you found yourself wondering, man, I bet a Lords of Limited hoodie would look super good. Maybe think about uh, signing up on Patreon and getting us closer to that goal. Yeah, it's a it's a big investment for us up front. That's why we've sort of put it as a stretch goal. But we really want to get that stuff out to you, you know, play mats, sleeves, all that good stuff. So yeah, that is something you're interested in where we're hoping to get that out to you, certainly by the end of this year, I would imagine. All right, Ben, you ready here? We're, we're going... F- 45 picks deep. We're going to sit down at the round table in our thrones as the Lords of Limited. Are you ready? I am ready to go. Let's do it. Okay, so this is a draft I had on stream this week, actually. And like, it was a doozy. And I'm excited to hear your thoughts as we go through this pack here. So uh, we'll have the link to the draft viewer for you folks where you download the show. We're not going to go through each and every card from the picks. We'll just talk about the cards that we were considering, perhaps the cards that are worth pointing out in terms of signals we're receiving or signals we're sending, that sort of thing. In order to not bog down the episode, we won't be saying the text of the card. So if you're, you know, not so familiar, you can follow along at home with the draft viewer. All right, Ben, pack one, pick one. You see the following cards as options. There's an Azorius Knight Arbiter. There's a Gates Ablaze, a Gatebreaker Ram, Frilled Mystic, and your rare is Breeding Pool. Yeah, so Pretty quickly, I'm narrowing this down to Gates of Plays versus Gatebreaker Ram as monocolored cards and some of the stronger gate payoffs in the set. Mm-hmm. Frilled Mystic is a good card, but I think the other two are just close enough in power level or even better in power level and one colored. And for me, I think I value Gatebreaker Ram higher than I do Gates of Blaze. For Gates of Blaze to work, you really need to reliably get like in the 8 to 10 gate range for it to be really solid. And Gatebreaker Ram is just going to be a very good card in your deck if you end up with four or five gates. Yeah, I may have leveled myself here. I, I think I agree with all of that. I think the other knock against Gates of Blaze is like Ram is just good in like a Gruul deck or a Simic deck if you have like three or four gates or whatever. Whereas Gates of Blaze 1, you need it to work, but it's also like not good in just a Gruul deck or a Rakdos deck. Like you have to have a gate deck. It's probably going to be a multicolored deck. It's not something you just like jam in your aggro deck that's either red, green or red, black and then have a few gates because it's not going to really do anything. Like maybe you'll bring it out of the sideboard against Orzov or something when you're Gruul because it won't kill most of your stuff, but it'll kill most of your opponent's stuff. But it's not really going to do a thing in a two-color deck, I think. Yep, I would agree with that. But I do think it has a higher ceiling than Gatebreaker Ram. So I did grab it here, but I really like went in the tank. I don't think I'd had this pick before between the two. And I was just thinking of like all the times I'd felt like Gates of Blaze was busted, but Ram is also pretty busted. 
So right now, which are you taking? I think I'm taking Ram. Yeah, I think that's the pick. All right, so we do grab Gates of Blaze here. We'll we'll disagree for you know the first few picks, but then in order to not like make it too confusing for the listeners at home, we'll then we'll get back on the the track that I had. But I think we'll we'll be veering a little bit as we navigate through these first few picks. So I have Gates of Blaze in my pile. So in pack one, pick two, you see the following cards as options: Grasping Thrall, Final Payment, Spirit of the Spires. Collision Colossus, and the rare is Immolation Shaman. There's an uncommon missing from the pack. Yeah, so I'm going to look at this from the perspective of having Gatebreaker Ram in my pile. Okay. And with that in my pile, I think the card I'm most interested in is Collision Colossus. It goes along in a Gruul deck with Gatebreaker Ram. Gatebreaker Ram will be a good card. I've had a lot of success in Gruul Splashing Teamer, and you're already incentivized to pick up, you know, four or five gates there to make your mana work. I've been super impressed with Collision Colossus in just a straight Gruel deck as well, and I think it is the best card in this pack and goes along with my first pick of Gatebreaker Ram. Yeah, I agree. I think Collision Colossus is the best card as well. I can't win with Gruel. Oh, really? We're having some role reversal here. I've been loving Gruel lately. Yeah, I, I like. I feel like I, I just don't... It's sort of like what I generally struggle with with aggro decks in most formats which is just like feel like i know how to draft them i feel like i have a good sense of how to build them and then i feel like i'm just at the mercy of my opening hand for if i'm gonna win or not and i don't know if that's like just me missing lines of play or whatever or like you know going back to ryan on the the how to draft aggro decks like figuring out those like minor those minor decisions that really like snowball the like turn two decision that's gonna be the the game winning thing when you get to turn five that sort of thing i don't know if those are the mistakes i'm making but yeah, I don't know. I just like feel like Collision Colossus is great, but I don't want to end up in Gruul if I can help it. I'm like kind of actively steering towards Gruul lately on Magic Online because it feels like it's pretty underdrafted there. Yeah, that's for sure. I landed on Grasping Thrall here. I think it's the second best card. I think it's pretty surprising that I grabbed this over Final Payment. Sure, sort of shows where I've come down on on that pick order. But I was thinking, you know, if I'm trying to be, if I'm trying to maximize Gates Ablaze in particular, then like. I want to be in a control deck, and I think Grasping Thrall is really good in that style of deck, and maybe I can be like a Mardu Gates deck or something. I don't know. Yeah, I think typically the Gates of Blaze Gate decks are base Gruuler based teamer, right? But yes, I have, for sure. I have had some pretty good base black-white Gates decks too, so certainly within the realm of possibility. Yeah, I mean, maybe I screwed the pooch here again on pick two, and I should have just grab Collision Colossus, because like, that's also like, you don't have to be in a Gruul beatdown deck for that card to be good. It's just good. Right. All right, pack one, pick three, with Gates of Blaze and Thrall in my pile, and move on to see Titanic Brawl, Rakdos Guild Gate, Open the Gates, Impassioned Orator, Azorius Knight Arbiter, and Fireblade Artist. Yeah, this is a rough pack to see pack one, pick three, with either of our routes. So I've got right. Gatebreaker Ram, Gate Colossus. You've got Gates of Blaze Grasping Thrall. You do not have Gatebreaker Ram, Gate Colossus, sir. Oh, that's a lie. <laughs> I have <laughs> Collision Colossus. There we go. You know, one of the words is in the card. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if I had Gate Colossus, I'd be slamming Rakdos Guildgate here, but that is not right. the case. So... As it stands, I think Fireblade Artist is the best card in the pack. Maybe Azorius Knight Arbiter, but this is a super weak pack. Yeah. Gatebreaker Ram is going to incentivize me to maybe play Gates, but not really go ham on the Gates deck yet necessarily. Mm -hmm. So open the Gates, it loses a little bit of its luster. I think I might take Rakdos Guildgate here as, you know, potentially leaning towards a Gruul deck. It's going to give me a Gate for my Gatebreaker Ram if I'm in Gruul. I could also see taking Fireblade Artist. I don't have any strong feelings on what I would pick here. I think it would be a toss-up between Guildgate and Fireblade Artist for me, and I think I would ultimately settle on Guildgate with what I've got. Interesting. Yeah, I really don't value Rakdos Guildgate that highly. I think if, if I were on your path, I would be taking Open the Gates probably higher than the Guildgate, but that could just be incorrect. But I, I just elected to, to do what I try and do for the first three picks which is just take the most powerful card in the pack and i do think fireblade artist is very good and even though there's just an uncommon and a rare missing so not much to like read into getting this third pick i just think it's a really strong card and if rakdos is open i'm going to be really happy to have that in my pile i would agree with that all right pick four following cards as options another doozy of a pack we've got a rampaging rentorn azorius guildgate arrester's admonition zerta goblin and sentinel's mark yeah, this is, again, another unfortunate pack. It's a little better for me with my route than it is for you. Right. So I've got Gatebreaker Ram, Collision Colossus, Rakdos Guildgate. I'm slamming Zyrtog Goblin here, and I'm pretty happy about it. Mm -hmm. For you, I think it's a little bit less exciting of a Zyrtog Goblin here. It's the best card in the pack. 
mm-hmm. it goes with your gates ablaze maybe you're probably not playing fireblade artist and zertog goblin in the same deck though are you no not at all right and the next best card behind zertog goblin i think the only one in consideration is arrestor's admonition that's the only other card i'd be interested in picking here Correct. but just with the way either of us have started the draft it's just not a card you're particularly interested in right i mean it just feels like still we have to take just what's the best card here and Zyrtar Goblin fourth, I'm about ready to call that a signal, you know? That seems pretty good, especially with a rare and two commons missing. I think, you know, that seems fine. And I don't feel particularly tied to anything, especially with how I've messily navigated this so far. For you, it's a much, yeah, like you said, it's a much easier windmill slam. But I still think, like, I'm happy to pick it up here because it feels like, well, maybe this is a direction. You know, I'm, I'm just looking for a direction at this point. Right. Yeah, I, no, I agree. All right, pack one, pick five with this mess of cards in our pile. You see Rampage and Rantorn again, an Orzov Guildgate, Carrion Imp, and Arrestor's Admonition. Yeah, this is another fairly weak pack and not super exciting for either one of us. I think the best card in the pack is Arrestor's Admonition, but we are both pretty far away from that. With my start of Zyrtog Goblin, Gatebreaker Ram, Rakdos Guildgate, Collision Colossus, I'm pretty in on trying to draft Gruul at this point. Yeah. And I think the best card for me here is Rampaging Rendhorn with what I've going on, got going on and just trying to draft a, a Gruul deck. For you, I think if I had navigated this draft the way you had up to this point so far with Gates Ablaze, Grasping Thrall, Fireblade Artist, Zyrtog Goblin, I don't, none of these cards are good enough that I want to try to pair them with any of those other cards I have. And I think I'd just be taking Arrestor's Admonition as the best card in the pack here. We'd previously seen an Arrestor's Admonition in the pack. We'd seen some Azorius Night Arbiters flowing around. I don't think it's out of the question that blue could be open. Yeah, I agree. I didn't pick up on that. And with nothing blue so far, I didn't feel a tie to it, but I probably should have. I was still like trying to act, like thinking like, oh, I have Gates of Blaze and Grasping Thrall are probably like the two best cards I have. And this Orzov Guildgate goes well with both of them. So I grabbed that here, but yeah, I'm I'm not happy with how I navigated these first five picks at all. So, and then because of that, we're just sort of in damage control mode now, right? Right. So this is like an, an interesting spot to talk about because I think, you know, probably listeners at home are like, you know, they're just like yelling at their television set. Like, why are you doing this? Why did you take this route? But this can happen to a lot of people, I think, in drafts. You know, if it happens to me, I imagine it happens to other people. We're just like, you're just kind of all over the place. It's kind of a mess. And yeah, so I think damage control can can result in one of two things at this point. First of all, I think it's important to re- remind yourself that it's early, right? I mean, it's pick five, like we would like to have a lane, but we don't, and that's fine. So damage control is either like continue to just take the best card out of the pack or take cards that start to tie together some things that you already have. So I think that's where either taking Arrestor's Admonition or taking Orzov Guildgate come into play. Right, and I would tend to take Arrestor's Admonition here over Orzov Guildgate. Just I think the power level gap there is big enough, but I see the Orzov Guildgate matching up with Grasping Thrall and Gates of Blaze and you wanting to stay with that plan. That makes sense to me. Did you see that uh, the Pantheon had Arrestor's Admonition as the best blue common? I did see that, yeah. That feels right to me almost. Interesting. So you think you're on that over Chillbringer at this point? I love every time I cast Arrestor's Admonition on turn three and then have another one on turn four or something. It just feels so good. I mean, the, the really interesting thing about Admonition, but I feel like you could also say this about Chillbringer, is that it's just so good as a defensive play and as an offensive play. I mean, and and the fact that it's flexible when you like want to pass with like Sphinx's Insight or whatever, like the card's got a lot of play to it. And I think the best, you know, it's really good in Simic and it's really good in Azorius, whereas Chillbringer's only really good in a Simic tempo deck. Because I think the best Azorius decks are the do nothing, like play your instance, Dovin's Acuity type decks. Right. And like those decks can have Knight Arbiter as their five drop. And I think even in acuity decks in like dedicated do nothing acuity decks, Humungulus is the thing you want in your five drop slot. You just want something that's like, I can play this and I don't have to worry about it getting removed. Right. So we we took a, a deep side trip there. But all that yeah, is yeah. to say that you, you took Orsov Guildgate here, pack one, pick five. What do we got going on? Pack one, pick six. Pack one pick six is going to throw you for a loop, my friend. We got Summary Judgment, Gateway Plaza, Sphinx of New Prov, and the rare is Verity Circle. Yeah, this pack is stacked, so this must have been a much better pack. So with my route through the draft so far of solidly drafting Gruul, I don't know. I would be really sad here. Like, really, really sad. Are you still really down on Plaza? Like, you don't even just want one for your RAM? No, I, I think that's what I would take. I think I would take Plaza because it makes my Gatebreaker Ram a little better and it gives me the opportunity to dip into 
blue for a splash maybe or black for a splash if I go down that route. Mm -hmm. But I am really sad seeing Verity Circle, Sphinx of New Prov, and Summary Judgment here, pack one, pick six, and not having the opportunity to take any of them. Yeah, so if you're on my messy route where I think you're still just going to jump ship here and take what you assume to be like the best signal or the best, most powerful card in the pack, what would you grab here? Oh, I would definitely take Sphinx of New Prov as the best yeah. card in the pack here with your route through the draft. Yeah, that's what I grabbed too. I was like, oh, here's a signal. Like, pick six, Sphinx. That should mean, with Summary Judgment and Verity Circle as well, that should mean Azorius is open, right? Yeah, I think so. I think I would read that as a super hard Azorius signal. And you would feel a lot better about this if you had taken the Arrestor's Admonition last pick. Yes. But I mean, you're still taking this here. It's too late to, you know, with as messy of a start as you have, it's not like you're giving up on a lot of players <laughs> or something to make the swap. Right, exactly. And I will say, like, yeah, I'm passed up on the admonition, but if I do end up in Azorius with the Orzov Guildgate, like, depending on what happens down the road, splashing Grasping Thrill is not out of the question and is totally serviceable. Right, yep. All right, so we're all over the place still, moving on to pack one, pick seven. You've got a Senate Courier, Fairy Duelist, Mammoth Spider, blade brand and macabre mockery yeah i'm really starting to panic now with my route <laughs> through this draft mm -hmm. and i think i would take a sad rakdos guild gate here and see what's going on but it really does not feel like gruel is flowing at this point yeah for me i'm just like oh, all right more blue and white cards here and i'm gonna grab what i think is the best of the bunch which is fairy duelist and, and now i'm like all right maybe now hopefully this azoria signal is is what's correct yeah that makes total sense to me and i think moving on we'll just go your route through the draft because there's not anything particularly interesting that happens with my route and right. we're getting to the point where like cards that i would have taken would have influenced the draft a little bit differently correct so yeah we'll just we'll stick with my mess and pass up on ben's more streamlined start pack one pick eight you've got the choice between senate griffin simic locket rubble slinger and azorius guildgate i think this is a super interesting choice between Senate Griffin and Azorius Guildgate. So just to recap the cards you've got, Gates of Blaze, Grasping Thrall, Fireblade Artist, Zerta Goblin, Orzov Guildgate, Sphinx of Nuprov, Fairy Duelist. If we're thinking about Azorius, even potentially Azorius Splash the Grasping Thrall, we currently have three playables. <laughs> plenty, plenty. Yeah, plenty of playables, easy. <laughs> so while I really value the Azorius Guildgate highly and I think it would be great here, I think if we think we're drafting Azorius, we're just supposed to pick senate griffin unless you're still thinking like maybe you can make a, mul a monstrosity gates deck work i think my thought process was down to sort of one of two things here the azorius guild gate pick which is what i took increases my ability to play grasping thrill so you know it's sort of like i mean did you you counted that as one of our three playables i did yeah um so it increases the possibility of playing that so it's like sort of like adding a playable to to our our deck in, in a sense because if our mana is not good enough we can't play the thrill and I just don't like Senate Griffin. I'm, I'm going to say it. I'm pretty down on this card. Whoa, I love Senate Griffin. I don't think it's that good. It trades down. Like the two toughness, I think, is a pretty big liability. I, I, we've talked about this before, and I feel like you try and you're like, well, it trades up. You know, you can trade it with the, the Thrall and the Chillbringer in combat. I just want Syndicate Messenger 10 out of 10 times over this card. I don't particularly care which one of those two I have, but I, yeah. I like both of them about equally. I like Senate Griffin earlier in the draft because it goes in more decks mm -hmm. than Syndicate Messenger, but I think probably once I'm black, white, or blue, white, I'd rather have Syndicate Messenger, but it's close. Yeah, I guess I was, I think there's, you know, I don't know what the correct pick is here, but I think I was feeling enough nervous about this draft that getting a gate here felt like it was the most flexible pick, whereas like if I take Senate Griffin and I don't end up being able to play it, though it's unlikely because it can go not only in Azorius, but like Simic and Orzov. So maybe it's it's just flexible enough that I should have taken it here. Nah, I kind of like the skill gate pick the more I think about it. I think you're right. All right, sweet. Well, that makes me feel good. What's going on on the wheel? Pick nine. We've got a Sages or Savant, a Rubble Slinger, and a Carrion Imp. Yeah, not a lot here. Sages Rose Savant is the only thing we've really got going on with seeing those late Azorius cards. So I think we're snapping up Sages Rose Savant. Yeah, for sure. Pack one, pick 10. There's a Rubble Belt Runner, Gift of Strength, and Applied Biomancy as cards of interest. Yeah, nothing super likely to get played here after we pivoted into Azorius. I think the most likely card to make our deck is Applied Biomancy, either on the splash or maybe there's some crazy world where we end up pivoting into Simic. I think that that seems like where I was at as well. So I grabbed that. And then pack one, pick 11, not much. There's a Steeple Creeper, which is like, I mean, it's not like a great card, but it's fine if you're in Simic. That card keeps going up and up and up for me. I really yeah. like Steeple Creeper as a three drop in 
my Simic decks or even in my teamer decks. Like if I'm base gruel splashing blue, right? Steeple Creeper hits hard. Like sometimes your opponent, their first play of the game is a locket on turn three. And Steeple Creeper is just a house in that scenario. And if you can back it up, like, I mean, when, when you're trying to do the thing that a Simic is trying to do, but you back it up with like a Biomancy or an Arrestor's Admonition, like hitting for four is no joke. No joke at all. So I grab that pack one pick 12. Then we're in a memorial card quench, humongulus, and Orzov locket. You know, I honestly think I would take quench here. Yeah, I probably should have taken it here. I think, you know, Orzov locket's tempting because you did take Orzov locket, so we can tell people what we're talking about. We can yeah. both see that you highlighted Orzov locket. Uh, I think that makes sense with the grasping throw, and I think that's a fine pick too, but I think we really want playables, and quench, I think, isn't okay card i'm gonna go out i've gotten got by it enough like it's frequently relevant until like turn eight maybe like if people are hitting their land drops and if they aren't it's still relevant past that like it's a playable card it's playable i still think it's terrible but i would play it in a assertive simic deck if i needed playables there's there's some people in our discord who i think know like our positions on it that like you're terrified of the card and i think it's bad and there's a lot we got a lot of quench apologists in our discord that you know i think have some validity to their arguments for sure i just the the card is not something that excites me and i, I don't ever feel like punished by it i, have, I haven't had the the savage beats that you have oh i've gotten crushed so many times <laughs> um so i grabbed the locket here but yeah probably a mistake to not grab quench rounding out the end of this pack we see a growth spiral a stony strength and then a concordia pegasus last so thoughts after pack one First of all, I am all over the place. I have an Orzov card, a Rakdos card, a Gruul card, an Azorius card, some Simic cards late with the Biomancy and the Growth Spiral and Steeple Creeper. Like the most powerful card, Gates of Blaze, is like probably not going to work out. We got some good late blue with Fairy Duelist and Sages Rosavant. Like I'm in damage control here. Like my thoughts are if we're taking into account Lords of Limited navigating pack one philosophy, that if we're paying attention to the wheel, it looks like Simic is open. You know, like, it's not that these cards are great, but Applied Biomancy 11th or whatever, Steeple Creeper that late, you know, th those are cards that are are good in those decks. You know, they're not anything very exciting, but they are, are cards that if there were, like, multiple Simic drafters at the table would get snapped up. Yeah, if I were in your spot right now, I would be hoping to be Azorius or Bant. Yeah, so definitely like base blue, like the we got the Duelist and the Sages Rose Savant as like monocolored cards, basically. And then have the opportunity to go like blue white with the Sphinx and the Concordia Pegasus, blue green with those Simic cards that we got late, probably trying to avoid anything else. I mean, there's also the opportunity to maybe be Esper, depending on what gets passed or opened, you know, with the Thrall and the Locket and the Orzov Guildgate. Yeah, I take that back. I take that back. I actually am hoping to be Azorius or Esper with Bant as like a fail safe. Yeah, so I think it's an interesting thing to think about because I'm hoping to be Esper. Like, I'd rather be Esper. I'd rather play Sphinx and Grasping Thrall. But I think if I want to trust my gut, which is like paying attention to those cards that are coming up at the end of the first pack, it feels like Simic is what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, that all makes sense to me. So moving on to pack two, pick one, I'm going to set you up now here so we can get your thought process through these packs. Okay. You see the following cards as options. There's Viscopa Vampire, Slimebind, Senate Courier, Blade Juggler, Eramunculus, and Code of Constraint. Your rares, Amplifier, other uncommon is Dagger Caster. So like, you are not thrilled to be opening this pack. No, it's sort of a toss up between a few things. So I think at this point, my guess is I'm going to be base blue, right? Like we... I feel like the only like monocolored cards I can hold on to are Fairy Duelist and Sages or Savant, which is not saying much, but I feel like that that's what I should really cling to is those late blue cards that I got. So do I want to take the best blue card out of this pack, which is probably Slimebind? Like in some decks, Code of Constraint is better, but Code of Constraint is really best either in an acuity deck, but more often as a, a tempo play in an aggro deck. And I feel like I am a far cry away from being able to decide that I'm going to be a, a good streamlined assertive deck. So I think Code of Constraint is out. Taking Slimebind first seems a little bit of a yikes to me. That just seems like way too early to take that card. So now I'm looking at, all right, well, if I'm going to follow my heart and think that Simic is what I'm supposed to do, Aramunculus is a totally fine first pick. Or what I think is like probably the best card in the pack is like Blade Juggler. I think that's true. Yeah. But do I really think that I'm going to end up in a deck where I can play that? And how good is that on the splash in an exactly. expert deck also? Yeah. So all of that led me to take Aramunculus here 
and hedge towards that feeling of like, is Simic what I'm supposed to do based on what happened at the end of pack one? I think I'd have been a scared little boy and taken Code of Constraint here, but Aramunculus, I certainly think, is the highest upside pick. If you really trust those signals and you really are trying to say, okay, based on what we old and getting this late blue, we got the late Azorius stuff, I think Simic's open. Yeah. So that's what you took here. You landed on Aramunculus, and I applaud your bravery. <laughs> Thank you. Moving on to pack one, pick two. You see another pack that makes me really sad just looking at the contents here. It's a tough draft, man. This is a really tough draft. This is a tough draft. So you see the following cards in consideration. The best card in the pack, I think, is Savage Smash. There's also a get the point final payment if we're talking about just strong cards in the pack. Mm-hmm. There's Sage's Row Savant. There's a Gruul Guildgate. Sphinx of the Guild Pact, and a Godless Shrine. So if I'm Simic, Sage's Rosavant is the best card for me. I'm not taking that card second, so that's out. Something like, and I, and I should clarify here about like talking about like Slimebine and Sage's Rosavant, like not taking them early. I feel like maybe people would push back against that. Like, well, you're short on playables. Can you really afford to be picky? And I do feel that like, even as messy as this draft has gone, and even as we are starting pack two, like, once I feel like if a lane presents itself to me, I'm going to get cards at the Sages Row Savant level. You know, like if blue green is what I'm supposed to do in my seat, I should get those cards. So I'm more concerned with still trying to figure out what that lane is supposed to be so that I can get those like C, C minus cards when they are supposed to come to me. Do you, do, how do you feel about that? Well, and the beauty of this draft so far is that all of the lanes are open to you. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I have, uh, you know. Any any highway I can get onto here from from this uh, this exit, yeah. I, I don't know what I'm supposed to take here because I don't really want to take the Sages of Savant. So then, do I take Savage Smash and maybe think that I can end up Bant splashing red? Maybe you know I could end up with a number of gates for for Gates of Blaze to then come back into the mix. I think I was still trying to hold on for dear life to like some sort of Esper life as well, like thinking that that could be possible. And so I grabbed the fixing here over the final payment to then consider, like, keep trying to feel like, well, if this deck is messy, which it feels like it is, making my mana base good is going to be one of the ways that saves this draft. So I grabbed the Godless Shrine here. Right. And then you can get any card in the Esper colors and feel okay about it if you've got good Esper mana. Yeah. And final payment is definitely noticeably worse in a not focused Orzhov deck. Right. I mean, you'll play one for sure. But, you know, if you're in Esper or if you're in Mardu or whatever, like, there's just a lot of removal in this format. So, and especially if you're in some sort of uh, three color shard or wedge or whatever, that you know you'll get you'll get removal. You'll get there. Yeah, I think for me, I'd have been on Savage Smash here after picking Aramunculus yeah. and looking to maybe do base Simic splashing red. Yeah, I think that's totally defensible for sure. Okay, moving on to pack two, pick three. See the following cards as options. There's two Skitter Eels in the pack a Mammoth Spider, a Windstorm Drake, and your rare is Thrash Threat. So I like Thrash Threat quite a bit. Green Green was like a little scary to me. And there's a number of blue cards here that I thought, you know, let's just stick, go back to the, the blue train. Base blue is what I feel like I'm gonna be. And I like Windstorm Drake quite a bit. So I grabbed that here. I, I could see taking any of the like Senate Griffin's skitter eels if you felt stronger about something else but uh, i grabbed windstorm drake yeah no that makes sense to me i think that's the best blue card in the pack and then you probably wheel one of these skitter eels would be my guess that's the hope right you feel great if you can wheel a skitter eel right i think if i had taken savage smash last pick i'd be slamming thrash threat here myself and then what are but i mean this goes back to like this seat probably could have just been gruel depending on what happened in the beginning of pack one Right. But since we didn't take advantage of that, but I still think you have the opportunity. Thrash is still a fine card as Green Green and Simic. Mm-hmm. And if you took that Savage Mash, like I would be thinking, given our route so far, your route, I'd be thinking Simic Splash Red. Right. With Savage Mash and Thrash Threat, those last two picks. Mm-hmm. Totally defensible. But I think once you pass the Savage Mash, you pass the Thrash Threat also. Right. I think so too. Okay, moving on to pack two, pick four. You see the following cards as options. There's a Carrion Imp, a Rampaging Renhorn, an Aramunculus, and a Simic Guildgate. This feels good to me, right? Aramunculus was good enough to first pick, so I, I grabbed the Aramunculus again. It's sort of interesting, like, thinking about when I'm taking fixing and not, and I feel like I'm taking fixing when I'm not sure what I'm supposed to be doing, but this Aramunculus feels like, okay, pack two, pick four, maybe Simic is, is correct here. I think that's what I would have landed on as well. Moving on to pack two, pick five, you see the following cards as options. This is another sad pack. <laughs> Galloping Lizrog, Drillbit, Debtor's Transport, and Wrecking Beast. 
So, yeah, it's pretty sad, right? So if I'm... I don't have any fixing. Rakdos Guildgate is in the pack. I don't really have any, like, Orzov options or, like, Esper options other than Debtor's Transport, which feels like a yikes. Especially, like, I, I'm not, like... I'm about ready to commit. I'm about ready to propose to Simic here and see if they'll they'll have me. But I, I still feel like I have a bit of wiggle room if something else is correct, but not in this pack. So between Galloping Lizrog and Wrecking Beast, I think it's kind of surprising. I mean, not for us, but I think a lot of people would think that Galloping Lizrog is the pick, right? But that card is just awful. It really is just awful. It's a five drop that you never want to play on turn five because it's just going to be a five mana three three. And Wrecking Beast, I think, is actually pretty good as a curve topper. Yeah, it's a fine finisher. Yeah, I mean, obviously you hope to get it like pick 10, not pick 5, but whatever. We don't have that luxury here. Right, so Wrecking Beast was the pick, and moving on to pack 2, pick 6, see the following cards as options. There's a Burning Tree Vandal, a Senate Courier, a Simic Guildgate, and a Simic Locket. Again, like, not great. I know, so rough. I mean, you know, for for the Gruel Drafter out there, Burning Tree Vandal is a windmill slam, but I don't think I can do that here. So I've got the choice between two playables in Courier and Simic Locket, though I think Courier is really sad in a Simic deck. Yeah, I would agree with that. So it's between the Locket and the Guildgate, and I don't know what I was supposed to take here. I landed on the Guildgate just thinking that like it's better, but I don't know if I have the luxury of taking non-spell cards at this point. No, I would definitely take the Guildgate here. Okay, cool. Moving on to pack two, pick seven, there's light at the end yeah. of the tunnel. This pack's got to feel like a breath of fresh air. There's Simic Guildgate. Soreform Hybrid, Arrester's Admonition, and Eyes Everywhere. Yeah, I mean, this is a Windmill Slam Soreform Hybrid. Seeing this pick seven is way too late, and now I'm I'm ready to get down on one knee and feel like I, I know what my lane is. I'm going to be Simic, and hopefully that's what I'm supposed to be doing in this seat. Yeah, moving on to, and if you read pack one right, you should ideally have a good pack three also. Right. Yeah, I agree. Like, If we were correct in picking up on the late Simic signals at the end of pack one, seeing those like blue cards into like growth spiral, biomancy, all that stuff, then like hopefully we'll get hooked up in pack three. Moving on to pack two, pick eight. Simic rejected your proposal. Uh, <laughs> see the following cards as options here. There's a Gift of Strength, a Rubble Slinger, and Sphinx's Insight. Yeah, I should have taken Rubble Slinger here. I'm not sure what my thought process was at the time. I grabbed Gift of Strength, but I should have... Rubble Slinger's totally fine. Like, yeah, it's not great in Simic. You don't... You would rather your three drops have, like, three or four power in Simic. Like, I would I would rather have the uh, Brush Strider than Rubble Slinger, but I should have just grabbed a creature. Holy poggers. Pack two, pick nine. Yeah. Might be having an affair with Gruul here. <laughs> Dagger Caster, Stony Strength, and Frenzied Erynx still in the pack on the wheel. That's really impressive. I mean, Frenzied Erynx is one of the best cards the first time around, so to see it wheel definitely definitely makes me feel like, all right, probably like in retrospect, Gruul was what we were supposed to do here, but I'll grab it here. You know, we already have a Stony Strength, and it's not a card. Like, I'm happy to have one in a green base deck, but I don't need more of them, and maybe we get some gates for Erynx. I don't know. Right. I like the earrings pick up here. So I think there were two, you know, if we just pause for a second, I think there were yeah. two different ways to get into Gruul in the seat. One was the route I started with, which I right. think is reasonable. But I also think you had a chance in pack two, pick two, when you took the Godless Shrine yes. over the Savage Smash. And then you could have gone Savage Smash in a Thrash Threat. And you'd have probably maybe not ended up base Gruul necessarily, but I think you'd have ended up with a pretty strong teamer deck with a lot of Gruul playables. And I think you'd have been like almost true, true three color. Right. I mean, you could have gone, yeah, like Thrash Threat, Rend Horn, Wrecking Beast, Burning Tree Vandal, Hybrid. You know, you could have made it there and then you're happy with the Harynx for sure. Right. Okay, moving on to pack two, pick 10. Not a lot here. You grab a Shimmer of Possibility. Pack two, pick 11. You've got a choice between Humungulus, Mammoth Spider, and Skitter Eel. Took Skitter Eel as the best card in the pack and it did wheel one of those two Skitter Eels, which feels good. Feels really good. And then pack two, pick 12. Bunch, bunch of nonsense. You round out the pack with Wilderness Reclamation into Rubble Belt Recluse into Root Snare into Scuttle Gator. So what are you thinking after pack two? So pack two, I feel like I found my lane. I mean, I'm, I'm happy with being in Simic, though in retrospect, I think Rule would have been fine too. I have the options to maybe splash red for Erynx. I've got an Azorius Guildgate if some white opens up. So we can look at the curve here in our show notes. We've got sort of a curve of the playables for this color pair. And I surprisingly have 15 playables at the end of pack two. That's sort of my benchmark of like, you want about like seven or eight after pack one, 15 after pack two, so you can get to 23 at the end of pack three. We're using the term playable loosely here, ladies and gentlemen. I'm using the term playable loosely for sure. We've got a lot of cards that I'd prefer to upgrade, uh, most notably Scuttle Gator, Growth Spiral, Shimmer of Possibility, and Gift of Strength. So four of my 
15 cards that I'm calling playables are cards that I would much rather upgrade. But I don't know if I'll have that luxury. And like, they're playable. You know, they, they're cards that I can cast and put in my deck. So I'm looking to upgrade those cards. My creature count is low and my power level is low. I have the ability to splash if something comes up, but I also probably just can't waste picks on fixing based on the fact that I want to make playables and also have room to upgrade four of these cards if I can. Right. Yeah, I would agree with that completely. So that's what I'm thinking. Like, I'm thinking I'm Simic. I'm thinking that I probably can't splash like for Frenzied Aranx or anything else unless things go like perfectly for me, you know? Yeah, I hear that. All right, so we're moving on to pack three, rounding this out. We'll only be naming the cards that are, are relevant for the colors that we've got. So you see pack three, pick one, Wrecking Beast, Senate Griffin, Titanic Brawl, Azorius Guildgate, Trollbred Guardian, and Essence Capture. Yeah, Trollbred Guardian is one of the better uncommons in the set. I think you're windmill slamming that here, and you're feeling great about choosing Simic. Yeah, for sure. And I think one of those cards has the option of wheeling. I mean, uh, Guildgate's not exciting, but any of the other green or blue cards I'd be fine playing. Maybe not a second Wrecking Beast. Pack three, pick two. Not much here. There's Territorial Boar, Chillbringer, and I guess Ministrant of Obligation if you were thinking about Splashing White. Yeah, I think Chillbringer is a slam dunk here. You need card quality, and Chillbringer brings a lot to the table and is you're happy to play that in your Simic deck 10 out of 10 times. Chillbringer brings a lot, huh? Ooh, huh? pun not intended. Right. <laughs> pack three, pick three. Steeple Creeper, Slime Bind, and Gatebreaker Ram. Oof, man, I'd have been thrilled with my double Gatebreaker Ram deck. With what? With your Rakdos Guildgates? No, like the draft would have been totally different. You can't know, say yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah I know. <laughs> so we're choosing really, I think, essentially between Steeple Creeper and Slime Bind. We, don't, we can't really dilly-dally around with Gatebreaker Ram because we can't spend more picks on gates, I don't think. Mm -hmm. So I think I'd be looking at Steeple Creeper here over Slime Bind myself. Yeah, I was thinking, I spent a lot of time on this pick thinking, I need creatures, remember, we needed creatures. Slime Bind's really not great when you're like cracking in on the ground. But then I reminded myself of how I started to like turn my opinion around on slime bind you know i started pretty low on that in the in the format you know you were sort of joking about it being the blue doom blade or whatever in our set review and, and you know i think you're more right than not about that now that we've we've played the format for about six weeks or whatever but the first thing that i realized was like it's just a combat trick with upside it's very good as just a trick in combat and i'm gonna be bashing in a lot of the time and it does feel pretty safe to enter combat when your opponent has open mana to have this in your hand it feels like things can't really go wrong for you so i did grab that here i just feel like steeple creepers i mean they're great for sure but they go late they should go late right if simic is what we're doing they should be going late i think yeah maybe you wheel it maybe you don't yeah i don't know so uh, i was also i'm pretty hurting i'm hurting pretty hard for ways to interact with my opponent as well pack three pick four sylvan brush strider senate courier and essence capture are the cards i was considering I think you're just jamming Essence Capture. Yeah, you need creatures, but it's so much better than Sylvan Brush Strider. Yeah, I know. All this talk of like needing creatures, and then we're going to move on to pack three, pick five. See, Sylvan Brush Strider, Senate Courier, and Swirling Torrent. I think here, due to the fact that we do need creatures, I would be on Sylvan Brush Strider over Swirling Torrent. I've been a little less than impressed by Swirling Torrent, and I love that type of effect also. I have been on a roller coaster of emotions with Swirling Torrent. I like <laughs> came in really hot on that card. I thought it was like so, so strong. It's like a one and a half for one. And then I like got really, really cold on it. I was like, this is bad. Like, because none of my blue decks were assertive. And then I feel like I started to figure out where it fit in. And I've been getting got by it sometimes too. I feel like it's kind of important. Like it gives this deck a bit of a power level boost that it doesn't have. And yeah, I need creatures. And maybe I'm just like trying to get all in on like wheeling these brush striders or whatever. But I did grab the swirling torrent here. I felt like it was it shored up something that this deck was lacking. That's fair. Maybe I needed the creatures to back it up first. I'm not sure. Pack three, pick six. Got the option between Skitter Eel, Slime Bind, and Mammoth Spider. I think I'm on Skitter Eel there as the best card and we need creatures. Yep, grabbed that. Pack three, pick seven. Senate Courier versus Rampaging Renthorn. You're on Rampaging Renhorn, need creatures, and is much better in Simic than Senate Courier. Yeah, and then pack three, pick eight. What a gift, Aramunculus. Ooh, baby, feels good. Feels good to have three Aramunculus in a Simic deck for sure. And then pack three, pick nine. We did wheel some goodies. We wheeled Wrecking Beast, Titanic Brawl, and Senate Griffin. I think I'd be on Senate Griffin here over Titanic Brawl. I'm interested to see. So you took Titanic Brawl. I'm interested to hear your thoughts on that. 
again, I just wanted ways to interact. I felt like my creature count was okay at this point, but maybe it wasn't, uh, and I should have grabbed the Senate Griffin. I just was like, so I've got, at this point, I've got what? I've got Applied Biomancy. I've got Essence Capture. I've got Chillbringer, Slimebind. Like, I have ways to interact. Maybe I should have just taken the Senate Griffin. And I think Titanic Brawl is reliably dealing two damage, maybe, in your deck at the moment. I got Aeromunculus, like... That's what I mean. Like, so it's dealing two damage, right? Dealing three. After you adapt? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I mean, I think of Titanic, like, when are you playing Titanic Brawl? You're playing it on, like, turn five or whatever. You're hoping to double spell with it. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know. Yeah, this could have been wrong. And I think also if I'd been tracking the packs more closely, I think maybe I could have wheeled another one. I'm not quite sure. But yeah, I grabbed it here. Rounding out the end of this pack, uh, we get a Territorial Boar. A steeple creeper on the wheel, which is great. A sylvan brush strider on the wheel. A second stony strength, and then root snare and justiciar's portal. Yeah, so you really got there on the wheel. That feels great. I really got there on the wheel. So we'll have an image here of the uh, final deck. But you know, it's not anything to write home about. But it looks pretty streamlined after the horrible mess that this draft started out in. You know, we're playing two stony strengths, which isn't great. But we got a good curve of creatures, topping off with Swirling Torrent and Wrecking Beast. Um, we've got some ways to interact cheaply, and we've got three Aramunculus, which is great. Yeah, no, I think this deck, I think one thing that Testing Sealed taught me, if it taught me nothing else, is that you just need a playable deck, and you get to play Magic, and maybe you can win some games. Yeah, for sure. So this deck ended up going 2-1, losing in three games in round one to Ethereal Absolution. Womp womp. But I was pretty happy to, to get a 2-1 after the way this started. No, I think you got to feel great about that. I, I don't think you necessarily drafted the first pack optimally or, or yeah. the way I would have done. I would have taken a different route that I think would have worked out much better. But I do think what you did super well was come the end of pack one, I think you made a lot of really hard choices that ended up in you salvaging the draft and having a playable deck. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I definitely think a different route following the stuff that you did early would have yielded perhaps a pretty streamlined Gruel deck. My, my gate payoff pick was a little little off and then passing the collision colossus was probably a mistake but i think other than that i was fairly happy with how i navigated it and i think just one of the things that makes this format so great is that those options of taking gates versus not gates you know like figuring out when you can take it how taking gates can unlock cards that are already in your pile versus taking spells that might make your deck like all that is so interesting and so tough and stuff that i'm still like wrestling with even you know 80 90 100 drafts deep yeah, this format is very good. I think I'm going to want to draft this format for a long time anytime it comes back on flashbacks. Like, I feel this is probably a top fiver for me, I think. I think so, too. Yeah, I agree. I just want them to ban Ethereal Absolution Unlimited. <laughs> That's all yeah. I want. Like, the other cards are mythic, like Biogenic Ooze, Krasis, whatever, Skargan Hellkite. But like, Absolution at Rare is just dumb. Yeah, feels bad. I think the other big turning point that I want to ask you about in this draft is yeah. pack two, pick two, when you took that Godless Shrine over the Savage Smash. Would you do that differently now? Or are you happy with that decision you made, like of the Godless Shrine <sighs> over Savage Smash? I don't know, man. Like, so I have no gruel. Th There's two things that make me hesitant to take Savage Smash. One, I, I feel like blue, base blue is, is what I'm supposed to do, but maybe I'm hanging on to these, like, the Fairy Duelist and the Sages or Savant at the end of pack one too heavily. But if I feel like blue is what I'm supposed to do, taking Savage Smash means that I'm going to be blue-green splashing red, and I don't know when I'm going to have, like, that means I'm buying into taking fixing later when I'm already short on playables, whereas taking the Godless Shrine is buying into taking fixing now to enable, to, like, unlock cards that I've already drafted. So I don't know. I think I would still take the Godless Shrine. But maybe I'm just averting or like avoiding red green too much. So how how likely if you take the Godless Shrine there, do you think you are to play these Aramunculus? So taking Godless Shrine here means you're giving up on the Aramunculus pick that you just made prior to that. You feel fine about that? I, mean, I don't feel great about that. But like at this point, I think the thing I would most like to be, and if I think that the Sphinx of Nuprov was a signal, the thing I would most like to be is blue, white, splashing black for Thrall. Right. So I think where my head was at with that pick mm -hmm. is, you know, if we really are feeling like, you know, we were talking about reading those Simic signals at the end and then taking Aramunculus, if it really, you know, if you're following your heart and you do think yeah. Simic is open, it feels like Savage Smash has a way higher percentage chance to make your final deck than Godless Shrine does to me. Yeah, that's totally fair. Yeah, I, I, mean, I'm, I, as you can tell, I'm not confident in that pick. So maybe Savage Smash is what I'm supposed to take there. I think that pick is super interesting based on 
the route you've got up to that point. That feels like the other really big turning point in the draft to me. Yeah, it's a pretty, pretty big turning point, which I, again, like recovered from. It is, I mean, it's so hard to like look down the road because the picks that you make really influence like what you then end up getting past. So it's hard to say like what would have happened, you know? Right. I don't, I don't think it would have, I don't think it would have changed the overall course of the draft that much necessarily other than like maybe what you were getting past because you already wield that gruel card. I just think it would have let you take thrash threat and dip into teamer and then the draft looks, yeah, right. Then in pack three, there's ripples and, and certainly. Impact there in ripples, right? Like I, I don't see the like opportunity to have the fixing for it, but it's hard to know based on like maybe I take those cards and then I get past rule guild gates, you know? Who knows? Right. Which then makes getting past that ram better, you know? It's all these ripples. Ah, too many, too many permutations. Right. That was awesome to take a look at. I think that was a super sweet draft. Yeah. Uh, thanks for all, all your input. I really felt like I, I learned something retrospectively looking at this even now. Like I'd already looked through it and like put down all the things, and even going through it, I didn't really see that that gruel route that you took. Very cool. That feels like a good place to wrap up the episode. Thank you, as always, to Salty Pretzels for our intro and outro music. Make sure you give that a listen. You can come check us out on Twitch. I'm at twitch.tv slash Lord Tupperware. Ben is at twitch.tv slash Mr. Metronome. We're both under those same usernames on Twitter. And you can also check out our showdown video on our YouTube channel. If you've got any feedback about the show or any questions, shoot us an email at lordsoflimited at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next week for another episode of Lords of Limited. Thanks, everybody. See you later. Right, and I tend to think admonitions enough better than Orzov Guildgate that I would take it here. But I <clears throat> let me do that without my voice cracking. <clears throat> so, do we have do we have the official Lords of Limited Gate payoff power rankings? Oh, uh, we did. We did. And wh- what did we decide on? Did we have Ram as number one back then too? Yes. Oh, I screwed up. That was Ram, Ram Colossus Gates of Blaze. Ram Colossus Gates of Blaze Angel Gateway Sneak. All right, yeah. I just I don't know. I strayed from the path and I I am I am ashamed. I'm ashamed. You should be appropriately ashamed. <laughs>